the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. And here goes nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 8, presented by BDARadio.com. There are so many pro wrestling podcasts out there covering every facet of the business. So we went to BDA Radio and said we had a different idea for a podcast. Everybody's doing something. We'll do nothing. They said, what's your wrestling podcast about? We said nothing. And thankfully they said, we think you may have something here. So here we are. My name is Mike Crockett. I am a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me as always is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars, the irresistible force, the immovable object, the illegitimate son of Big Baba Rogers, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. You hit all my monikers, Mike, all the time here. You uh, throw all my past uh, transgressions in my face. <laughs> I'm a little tired here. Got, maybe got a sore jaw. From uh, one JT Dunn last night. Oh, uh, boy. I'm very groggy, so uh, I'm not in the mood for your games today, pal. Uh, I'm the, My biggest fear is that I'm going to run out of bad monikers. Oh, there's still plenty to go, okay. though. Uh, Maybe like a- our 100th episode. <laughs> get me a list. I'm, <laughs> I'm not providing your material oh, for you. Do on. your research, Mike. Do your research. Oh, my goodness. Well, this podcast is available every Monday on BDARadio.com, iTunes, Podbean, and now on Stitcher. We ask you, please do something for the wrestling podcast about nothing. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on iTunes and take a minute and write us a five-star review. That really helps us out. It gets the podcast out there and helps us grow. So please do us a personal favor. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and review us on iTunes. Okay, Brian, today it's a special day. It's always special here at the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. Yes. We have a guest, Ring of Honor wrestler, one half of the tag team known as War Machine, a good friend of uh, yours and mine, Warbeard Hansen. We'll talk to him today. Perhaps my, uh, perhaps my greatest rival in the history of my career, Michael. Besides me. Well, that's, that's in real life, though. Oh, <laughs> that's true. That, that's a shoot, brother. Plus, we will debut a brand new segment. I'm really excited about this, Brian. Wait a minute. We're going to have a brand new segment today on the show. Segment that's going to set the internet podcasting something world on fire. The IWC, if you will. Yes, as, as, as your good friend Stone Cold would say. And we're going to have that, that segment. We're going to go back to our tried and true, the promo about nothing. We'll have that as well and much, much more. But before we get into all that fun stuff... Let's talk about our sponsor. 
People ask me, what do you mean, BDARadio.com? Brian, what does the BDA stand for? I, 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 I don't know. You, you tell me, Mike. You have something every week. What does the BDA stand for? Buff Daddy Action? No, 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 Brian, before you say anything, no, it has nothing to do with Buff Bagwell. It has nothing to do with Buff Bagwell at all or his current dalliances. I wrote that down. Dalliances. You love that word. Yes. It's not Buff Daddy action. That's that's silly. Why would anyone even say that? BDA radio means the most unique commentary on mixed martial arts and pro wrestling on the Internet. They don't break news. They break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head over to BDARadio.com and check out all the latest news on UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. Brian, BDA Radio is the stuff. It sure is. I'll tell you what, looking at the MMA and uh, wrestling blogs over there, I, I don't think you know which is which these days because everything MMA and pro wrestling seems to be just completely crossing over at this point. So. That's that's true, and... Uh when is the uh, big match with Brock Lesnar? July 9th. It's UFC. Not a match, it's a fight. It is a fight. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a match. Oh, boy. You, you maybe it's a match, man. Tossing accusations around here? I'm just saying. Maybe it's a match. Okay. So we're through with the live spot for BDA Radio. We're on to it. Now your mind can start working uh, for another one. I think uh, I think you came up with that one after you've polished off these two empty six-pack containers I see over here, Mike. Uh, well, you know, i got to get into the mood to do this uh, podcasting stuff. Uh, okay. Segment number one. A brand new segment here on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. This is very exciting, Mike. I'm, uh, I'm anxious to hear about this. It sure is. It Now, we don't quite have the the budget of the man walks in an arm bar podcast like they have jingles and, and all jingles and jangles <laughs> jingle. <laughs> they've got segments that jingle jangle jingle they just got all sorts of things going on they got 12 voiceover artists and and i'm kind of hey we don't need the bells and whistles mike we got you thank you very much and so i mean we need some sort of something or other here to really push this to the stratosphere this new segment so i'm going to i'll, I'll do my own you, like as you said they have me so i'm gonna do my own jingle oh boy here we go okay <clears throat> all right now you're aware of my um fondness for the dirt sheets you you do love the dirt we sheets talked about it uh i'm surprised i i will say i'm actually proud of uh, you for the fact that we get through recording these podcasts without your face buried in your phone checking the dirt sheets well you, you have to you gotta stay on top of the news in the world of professional wrestling so and, I, and i've been uh active in the dirt sheet community for many many years into the early 90s wow yeah so uh what we're gonna do here is we're gonna have a nice uh segment and uh let me get to the jingle here <clears throat> just give me a second to uh, get into cacta okay here's here we go <clears throat> we're doing the dirt sheet shuffle dun, dun, dun. all right it's the dirt. <laughs> that's it that was it <laughs> that was it <laughs> that's it we're doing we're doing the dirt sheet shuffle that's what it's all about the brand new segment here on the wrestling podcast about nothing their dirt sheet shuffle and brian kingpin here's how it works we have three news stories from the pro wrestling news sites from around the internet. Which one did not actually get reported? This is for you, Brian. I'm going to read you three stories from pro wrestling news sites from this past week, and you're going to tell me which one 
is fake? Which one did not well, actually get reported? Oh, okay. Which one get reported? Because if, if you're saying which one is fake, oh, I mean, uh, I could I could do I could do all of them because ninety percent of them are fake. Okay. But you're saying which one wasn't actually reported? Yes. Okay. Right. So here we go. This is the dirt sheet shuffle number one on episode eight of the wrestling podcast about nothing. Let's get to it. Story number one. This past week, Triple H met with the president of the National Wrestling Alliance. No, we have not gone back to the future, Brian. It was to discuss purchasing tapes from the library in Houston. Ooh, all right. That's number one. Number two, in TNA Slammiversary Press. Slammiversary is actually, we're recording this Sunday night. Slammiversary is tonight. So right after this, we're going to hunker down and watch some TNA wrestling, right? Sure we are, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Our good friend, the, uh, the Miracle. The Miracle Mike Bennett. He is uh, president and accounted for in TNA Slammiversary Wrestling uh, EC3, I believe. So in TNA Slammiversary Press... Jeff Hardy said that he would love to end his career at WrestleMania in Hell in a Cell. That's kind of weird. That sounds weird to me. Why would he talk about WWE and TNA media? Okay. That's number two. Number three, Seth Rollins returned to the road this past week and used his banned curb stomp finish in a match with AJ Styles. So the curb stomp has been... Deemed banned. He talked about it, I believe, on on a podcast. Uh, I think with Chris Jericho last week or the week That's before. That's correct. Yeah. And he used it in a match with AJ Styles since he's been back on the road doing uh, live events. That's story number three. So saying, so you're saying it's banned. It's banned. <laughs> okay. So that there you go, Brian. Let me review them for you. Triple H met with the president of the National Wrestling Alliance to discuss purchasing the old tape library from Houston. Jeff Hardy wants to end his career in Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania, and Seth Rollins used the curb stomp on AJ Styles since returning to the road. Which one is the story that was not reported by the Dirt Sheets online? Well, this is uh, ooh, this is tough, Mike, because like, like the first one sounds like it sounds like too plain and ordinary to be made up. But then again, maybe maybe that's what you're going for. Maybe mm-hmm. you're trying to fool me there. You never know. And then uh, and then you get number two, which sounds to me kind of blatantly uh, blatantly obvious, um, you know, maybe false reporting, because why the heck would TNA let one of their stars talk about WWE and, and their media? And then the third one, Seth Rollins using a, using a band move, wrestling AJ Styles on a house show. Yes. A live event, if yes. you will. Yes, thank you. So all right, so here's here's uh, I'll set up my my thinking here. Okay, thinking here, Mike. Talk it out. Talk it out. Yeah. So, um, again, the first one just sounds to me. I I don't even know why that would even pop in your brain to make up. So I I, I think number one maybe might be real, and I actually think I saw something about Jeff Hardy and Helen wanting to end his career in WrestleMania and Helen Cell. So I, I'm pretty sure that one has been reported. Uh, so. Right now, I'm leaning. I'm leaning to story number three because, okay. I, and I haven't stayed up to date with the with the with the cards on the live events. But as we know, AJ Styles just had a big heel turn on yes. Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins, you know, in spite of the cheers he receives, still, uh, still a heel. Uh, so my thinking here is, Mike, I think I'm going to go with number three being the false story because I, to me, it sounds weird that that Seth Rollins would be wrestling AJ Styles uh, on house shows right now. It doesn't make any sense in my brain. So I think story three is fake. I think you made it up. Okay, so number three, Seth Rollins returned to the road this past week and used his band Curb Stomp Finish 
in matches with AJ Styles. You're saying that is the story that has gone unreported. Yes, because I don't, I don't believe those those two fellows would have uh, wrestled a match. And you are correct. I am correct. All yes. right, but all right, but. Seth Rollins has been working with AJ Styles on the road. He has. And he has used a band move in his matches, but he, it was the Vertebraker. Also ah. known, uh, what was Homicide? Uh, the Cop Killer. The Cop Killer, yes. He used that on uh, on house shows against AJ Styles. Goodness. I uh, yeah, I saw Homicide deliver one of those on a recent uh, Beyond Wrestling show that I, that I uh, was on, and uh, wow. Yes. Wow. Uh, thankfully, I'm a very large man. And I don't think anybody can pick me up for that move. So grateful, grateful for that one. But uh, look at that. Well, I guess uh, I was correct, but my but my my reasoning was wrong. Very interesting that Seth Rollins and AJ Styles are wrestling on live events. That's a very interesting thing to me. It is. It's, it definitely is. And um, yeah, they're both they both turned heel recently. I mean, well, I mean, I guess Seth Rollins was always a heel, but when he came back, he was cheered as a baby face. He established himself with a promo. Right. Right. Yeah, that that is the first edition. Couldn't fool you this time. One and zero, baby. We're gonna, one and zero. We're gonna try it again really soon, and I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you. At, w- at what point can we start calling this the streak, Mike? The new streak. <laughs> we. I don't know. Well, let's one and zero. Okay, one and zero. So let's close out. Mike Goldberg, baby. Let's close out the uh, segment by uh, hitting the jingle one more time, and. Uh, we're doing the dirt sheet shuffle. Da, da, da. All right. I'm going to videotape you one of these times <laughs> and send it to one of uh, our, our our mini group chats, uh, you know, or, or one of your mini group chat, uh, so all the fellows there can uh, can share it. What my my lovely singing voice? <laughs> yes, your lovely singing voice. Okay, we've the dirt sheet shuffle is in the can, and now let's talk about the hashtag, Brian. Hashtag PDA for BDA. This thing is on friggin' fire, if you ask yeah. me. So tweet hashtag PDA for BDA at BDA underscore radio. At me, I'm Crocsocks, or at the Kingpin, he is at Brian Malonis, and we'll mention you on the podcast. We got a uh, Big Woody checked in once again at Apt Elwood. That's my man, Big Woody. At Aptelwood, he's talked about really digging the promo about nothing feature. We'll get into that later. We'll have another promo about nothing a little later on after we talk to uh, the Warbeard. Steven checked in again at HHHGuy2004 saying that it wasn't a fat joke, Brian. We talked about this last <laughs> yes, week. Yes, he felt the need to uh, to defend himself. So, Steven, I respect that, man. Uh, you know, kissing up to the kingpin is always going to go far in my book. So, uh, you know, keep it coming. Someone's got it, right? TK joins us now. TK, he is at THOG94 on Twitter. He said he's going back a few weeks, but I'd love to see a local New Hampshire promotion. We talked about, I think, it was, which episode was that? New Hampshire. I believe, I believe it was with our comprehensive uh, Tarzan Taylor uh, uh, yes. interview. Yeah, I, I, hey, I'm right there with you, man. I would love to see a, uh, a local promotion open up in my home state of, of New Hampshire. God's country, if you will. Live free or die, Mike. I, uh, you're a former resident, but uh, you weren't good enough to remain a resident of <laughs> I New was, Hampshire. I was, I was kicked out after a year, yes. That's right. Yeah, we, we, so we dealt with you long enough. But, uh, hey, I'm right there with you. Man. I'd love to see a New Hampshire uh, promotion run again. And BDA Radio runs out of Manchester, New Hampshire. We sure do. So, Manch yes. Vegas. Oh, my goodness. And also, Jason Stewart checked in. That's at J Stewart. Do you, do you know who Jason Stewart is? You know who Jason Stewart is, I Mike think Crockett. I do. 
I think you I do. do know who Jason Stewart is. Yes, he's, he's well. He's Commissioner commis- Mark Green of Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Wait, wait, we get a. Are we breaking a, so the fifth or sixth wall? No, here? he. This is you know. Well, I don't know. Get a better Twitter handle, man. <laughs> I don't know. I recently, I recently may have had a physical altercation with this man. He's like near seven feet tall. Oh boy. Okay, so at J Stewart. 0902 on Twitter checked in. He's saying, loving the WPAN every week. When I'm not listening to the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, this is what's on. Stop pushing me, Kingpin. So yeah, he does acknowledge uh, your gift on the business. I may have gotten a, you know, I may have gotten a little excited at a recent Atlantic Pro Wrestling uh, event, uh, you know. So, uh, you know, sorry, Kamesh, don't find me too much. Yeah. So uh, thank you, for, uh, Jason Stewart. Uh, we love. Uh, hopefully, be welcomed into the local wrestling podcast community friend friends friends of the show yes the rundown wrestling podcast like the new age insiders i've been a guest on there you've been on there a couple times love those guys uh book in the territory i'm gonna be an upcoming guest i'm actually recording with them next sunday morning how about that book in the territory really excited to be uh, a part of their show really that's great they gave Don't worry, them- i won't give them too much exclusive content okay, yes they gave they gave us some love on twitter and also the the joe cronin show has been a Giving the Kingpin some love. Yeah, oh yeah, Joe Cronin Show. Tons of Twitter followers helping me out, helping the Kingpin try to reach that magic number of 1,000. Just trying to set up a date, but I will be a guest on the Joe Cronin Show. Uh, He has uh, all sorts of wild uh, commentary on professional wrestling and uh, lots of other things. Very active on Twitter. Go ahead. If you're not following this guy on Twitter, which you probably are because the dude has like, you know, tens of thousands of, of Twitter followers, but right. he's always got something going on, good stuff. He's always interacting with uh, WWE superstars. and uh, So, yeah, good stuff. Joe Cronin, another friend of the program. So uh, where are you in terms of the uh, Twitter uh, magic number? 935 as we record this, Whew. Mike. Huh? We're All getting right. close to 1,000. All right. Well, I was just over 700, I think, or maybe just over 800 when we started this. I think, yeah, I think I think so. So you're, uh, you're racking them up, and I'm getting up there, too. I think I've added probably 30 followers since we started oh, this all thing. Right. How do you like that? We're setting the world Whew. on fire. So, we, although we may have a couple friends out there who may have close to like 2 million followers. Yeah, it's possible, but we'll, we'll get there eventually, right? Yeah, hey, what's up, Kofi? Give us some love. <laughs> Tell people to follow us. <laughs> At True Kofi, correct? At True Kofi, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Why, why are we giving him more Twitter followers? Yeah, I know, right? No, no, follow us. Follow <laughs> So, yes, we're happy to be a a part of the local uh, wrestling podcasting community. And uh, so join in on the fun with us. Uh, Leave a comment. Ask a question. uh, Let us know you're listening. Use the hashtag PDA for BDA on Twitter. All right. So, Brian, we are here with our very special guest. and They're all special, Mike. They're they're all special. This one's very super special. This guy that we're about to uh, interview here is an international, bona fide international wrestling superstar. I saw that on Twitter. A great international wrestling superstar. (laughs) I like that. A little Mel Simons. It's perfect. Uh, Yes, he is uh, the man. He's one half of War Machine. He is a Ring of Honor superstar. And a longtime close personal friend of uh, both of us, you'd say? I, I I would say so, yes. We know him by many names. I don't know if we can get into all. Of it's them right about now. The, for for people here who are only familiar with the Ring of Honor work of this man. It's gonna get real, real weird for you. <laughs> gonna get. It's gonna feel like you're gonna think I'm hitting on this man. Whoa! The entire time. Right, let's let's get right into it then. He's known internationally as as Brian said as Hanson Warbeard Hanson. Welcome. Well, thank you. 
What, what an introduction. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm sure I will the entire night call you handsome. Perfectly okay. Or by your, your first name, are we allowed to use that name? Sure. Warbeard? This is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> is it hyphenated? Is it, is, is it two separate? Is War your first name, Beard your middle name? or? Um, so I never made this decision. Uh, right. People ask me all the time, and it doesn't really matter to me either way, but people think have made the decision for me, and they've put the words together, Warbeard, and the W and the B are capitalized. See, I got this right now. Now, when I was booking Chaotic and running the writing the stuff for the Chaotic website, yes. I, that's how I would always do it. And then I'd see other people always lowercase the B, and I was like, I'm pretty sure the B is capitalized. I lowercase the B. You piece of garbage. <laughs> you probably edited my stuff. <laughs> All right, so we're going to get into all of it here. We've uh, known this gentleman for, for many, many years. When did you first meet the illustrious Warbeard? Oh, boy. Uh, well, <laughs> this is a good one. The first time I ever laid eyes on this man, uh, he was uh, handsome. He didn't look like this. He did not look like this. Fresh-faced, probably you know, 18, 17, 19 years old, somewhere in there. And uh, I had gone to a to a wrestling show to meet the promoter and get booked. And this man uh, was in the ring. Uh, he's known as Handsome Johnny Handsome Johnny Blue. Yeah, more than, more than likely, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so he was changing he was changing oh, his no. name oh, that oh, night. No. It, was, it, was, it, was, it was the WrestlePlex. <laughs> yes, Woonsocket, Rhode Island. And uh, I believe you were changing your name to Handsome Todd Hansen. Uh, I was. There were trash bags <laughs> on the wall. Let's yeah. not forget that. And uh, so he he, uh, he makes this big proclamation. This is like big news. This kid here you know big proclamation and i think like one person goes like wow or something like yeah. that like just getting mocked <laughs> it's Mako's favorite thing in the world <laughs> it's it, i mean i was still very i was very green in my I, I think maybe i had worked three or four shows total in my entire life All for at tony that point. atlas i'm sure yes probably and uh and i was in the audience uh dying laughing at this so i assume then like the show after that the wrestleplex is the one where you gave tj richter the biggest wedgie <laughs> in the history of the universe it sure is because as, as, as maybe todd will elaborate on as well uh being a being a bigger guy uh, especially at this point in time where uh we did we look like uh we didn't know a guy named jim uh, they just assume because you're fat that you're also strong yes that's an assumption that's, well, the that's, that's the pro wrestling assumption right that's the, that's the rule <laughs> i hate to uh break the uh the fourth wall if you will for all the fans out there but just because you're fat doesn't mean you're strong so you you gorilla pressed tj richter <laughs> And <laughs> oh yeah, wedgie city. Just pulled. Well, you, you pulled the back of his trunks. Up. <laughs> yes. yes, because I couldn't physically lift him. I mean, he and he weighed all of like 130 pounds, but I'd never lifted a weight in my life. I was this big, fat, 400 pound piece of garbage who like didn't. I didn't know anything, and I didn't never lifted a weight, and I was probably smoking a two packs of cigarettes on the way there. Have a good ciggy butt. Hey, you're big. You can grill press me. Okay. But these, are, these are the first run-ins I had with uh, with this man here. Right. I think I met – the first thing that sticks out to mind is the PAL Hall. I wasn't even on the show. I only done a couple of shows there in uh, Fall River, the hometown of Ring of Honor, Ring announcer Bobby Cruz, uh, <laughs> Fall River. Two episodes in a row. Yes. And um, I remember seeing you there with your hat backwards, your bleach blonde hair sticking out of your hat, your mutton chops – I think you were there uh, 
with a, like a VHS tape to deliver to yeah <laughs> to the promoter of uh, Top I'm, Rope. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was, it was Yankee Pro at the time. Okay, probably. Uh, yeah. And Bo and I, Bo brought me there to try to get booked. So yeah, had the VHS tape and uh, never got booked. Bo Douglas, <laughs> back home, Bo Douglas. Bo knows. They were an illustrious tag team. I don't know if you know this, Michael. That's what I heard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. through the years. Yeah. So I mean, we we really, me and you, are really. I think we started a little bit different times, but essentially have come up together in in the in this business. I'd uh, say yeah, hundred percent. I would say between I would say between, and I'm assuming it's it's close, if not still for you. Uh, there's nobody between class and then actual show matches that I've been in the ring with more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I joke that uh, that we could go in the ring, not say anything before the match, not speak to each other while we're in the ring wrestling. And still have a, a great match because we know each other so well. There's yep. no surprises. Right. So what do you think? Where the handsome character came from? Where did you get the uh, the handsome Johnny slash handsome Todd Hansen character? Where did that originate? I'm pretty sure it was Vinny Capelli. Oh, all right. Another another luminary makes his uh, appearance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I can't remember exactly where we were, but he thought it would be a great idea for me to do because I had the mutton chops right to to call myself handsome Johnny because I wasn't handsome that's the joke wait a minute yeah I, I know I know you're a baby faced fella and I would I would take my thumb and I wish there was video for the for the listeners and slide it down the mutton chop and and lick it Ooh. and lick the thumb and, and 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 wiggle my fingers yeah that's perverse that, <laughs> that, that, that's that, a little was, much. that was the big that was the big you know the, the end of the promo handsome Johnny and then the lick <laughs> So uh, that was his idea originally. And Todd Hansen, at yes. the same time, was Pat Doyle's idea. Okay. Patrick J. Doyle. Yes. That's uh, amazing. I don't, I, don't know who, I don't know who Patrick Doyle is. He was like the TV guy for uh, Tony Rumble. And then after that, Damarati for uh, Millennium Wrestling. Yeah, he uh, is the one who runs the TV studio in Melrose. Uh, all right. That makes a little more sense now. Yeah. And his idea was was Hanson, just because I, I reminded them of a big Stan Hanson. Well, yeah, it's so funny because you're. I think the handsome character, which I think everybody who you're friends with and everybody who knows you, I mean, still the Warbeard stuff for us is like completely like, oh, this is still pretty new for me to see you like this and wrestle yeah. like this and the gear you wear and everything. Because for the first however many years, you were handsome Johnny, and then. The Duke of Elegance for, for a little bit, but we'll get into that. But yeah, well, it took a long time to get to this point, and we'll right. get into all of it. <laughs> right, you were over. You were an overnight success in fifteen years. Right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's amazing. Now, your first appearance with Chaotic Wrestling. How did that come about? I know there was a lot of management was a little lukewarm. Let's just say before um, there are a lot more owners for Chaotic than there are now. Yeah. So. Um... I wrestled my first match February 15th of 2012 for NWA New England. 2002? Uh, thanks, 2002. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, that's, oh, that's a lot. <laughs> that's thanks. Thanks for the fix up there. Get, that's no worries. 2000, February 15th, 2002, in Malden, uh, Italian Veterans Club. I wrestled Tiger Mulligan. And uh, Pants and Mucko had just started booking for Chaotic. Uh, and Todd were, Fat Pants Sinclair, Ring of Honor uh, yes. referee, senior official. Yep. And uh, Mako. And Mako. <laughs> and and, 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 and uh, they actually went to that show just to watch and pretty much, uh, I hope we can swear about shit on Go for it, yeah. <laughs> the terrible yeah. professional wrestling that they were about to see. And um, that was their, that's what they did. They, they heckled, especially Mako. Mako heckled. Right. He loved it. And um, 
So they, they watched the show, and, and I had my match. And Mucko actually remembered me from uh, working at KB Toys. He'd come in, and so he actually <laughs> Get wrestling figures. Yeah, so he actually knew. He knew. Well, he, had to be nice, he had to be nice to you. Maybe you'd give him the store discount. Of, of course, <laughs> but um, and the way the way Pans describes it is after the match, they looked at each other and said that wasn't that bad, and then they decided they wanted to book me, but they had no way to get in touch with me, so they went to the NEI. Uh, <laughs> New England Independent It's a message board really, yeah, The first like website wrestling message board For this area that I remember I'm yeah. sure there may have been yeah. others but. So they went there to try to find me And they thought I was uh, uh, NW New England uh, official Scott W. Allers' son So they were trying to find me uh, That way and they, they couldn't find me And there was no Facebook or, or There was no Google really for that matter At that point in time so they really had no way to find me And I had a friend who I did backyard wrestling with Who actually went to the CTC The Catholic Training Center and um, For a very short period of time But when he was there uh, That was when Gary McCapetta came in And, and did the, the whole thing with his book He was trying to sell his book right. and he read some of it to the class Or whatever uh, And it was open to everybody so my friend told me I should come just to check it out. So I came and Pant saw me and, and booked me for the show. Um, that's a funny story. Were you there for that, Malone? I was. I was like, can we stop and tell the hilarious story that <laughs> yes. happened during this 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 event? Uh, well, I, I, well, Todd's the guest, so I'll let him. All I'll right. let him tell the story, and 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 it'll take the heat off of me, and he can have the heat. <laughs> so so there are these wooden. Uh, benches. Like, have you ever seen like a you ever seen like a picnic table that has like they don't have the benches that are connected. They have the benches that pull out. So just giving you the kind of people listening yeah, like an no idea. Yeah, there's back of the bench. It's just the seating, and it was it was uh, brown, whatever. They pull all the seats up so everybody can, can go around uh, or sit around uh, Gary Malcapetta while he talked. And um, <laughs> in the middle of it might have been in the middle of like, a heated story of the Undertaker trying to kill somebody. Um, <laughs> it was. Uh, Coach, Coach Mike Hollow and Lemonhead. We called him Lemonhead. Yeah. Mark, Mark moment from Maine. Everybody knows who he is. Um, they were sitting on the bench, and the side that Lemonhead was on just <laughs> randomly completely collapsed. They gave out, <laughs> and he, he wasn't. He wasn't a fact. He, yeah, was, yeah. he, was, he no. was like a, he was chubby or whatever, but like not like obese. There was, there's or no reason for this thing to fail at this particular <laughs> moment, but it, it just it crumbled underneath <laughs> them, and he falls to the floor. And Hollow stayed on the bench, but he couldn't sit on it. So he's trying to be respectful. So he's literally in a squat sit, like a like a catcher's like <laughs> squat. And it wasn't for like it wasn't for like a minute or two either. <laughs> like it was for like a good little bit while Gary Malcopetta fit. I think it was like right before like break, and like Hollow was pissed at Lemonhead. Like he like like this kid did anything wrong. <laughs> It's just a really freaking funny story, uh, and he just re- Hollow just really wanted to no sell it and act like nothing right, ever happened. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Was, like just which you know he wanted to be respectful because the guy's here reading his book and that, but hilarious. It was it was so fantastically wonderful. So I, anyway, to to continue, right. I so pants booked me. Uh, I went to the show and um, I think it was like Ben Lentini or or somebody. They saw me. And they were shocked at the atrocity <laughs> that they saw in front of them because I wasn't just like Malone said I wasn't in good shape. I had n- never really been to a gym before. I was just a I like professional wrestling and I was trained to be a professional wrestler. That's what's up, everyone. So, we, so just to kind of give again people at home the, the way the chaotic was set up was 
the, the owner now is Jamie Jamikowski, and but at that point there was like five or six owners. All of them connected. And Mark Douglas. And Mark Douglas, yes. Uh, he doesn't like to be mentioned though. He does okay. not like to be mentioned. Sorry about that. But Chaotic at that point was owned by you know five or six guys. One of them being the owner of Chaotic. Um, the only real ones I think though that were quote unquote kind of wrestling guys or wrestling fans was Jamie and Randy. Um, this guy who didn't like you know Todd was. This guy who he's not he wasn't a wrestling guy he had no wrestling sense now he, he was he had good business sense right but so just again just trying to illustrate the point of like this is not somebody who's like who knows anything about wrestling taking a look at you and evaluating you this is just some guy judging a book by its cover before you ever even get in the ring and friggin' perform exactly so right. uh, pretty much they told Pants and Mucko that if I sucked that they lost their jobs they weren't booking anymore. They, they, oh, I read that far. I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just thought like we'll never use them again. No, no, no. It, it was you know this is on you <laughs> if, if this isn't the turnout. And I might be I might be wrong, but that's what I remember the story being from Pants. You can ask him when he's on your podcast. Oh, I of course. Want, I know he wants to be on it. Um, so it was either I, I, obviously I'd be down if I sucked, but I think it was also uh, on them too. So I wrestled Vince Vicalo. Uh, this is in Methuen, Massachusetts. Yeah, right. And Hollow threw a curveball too before the match. Uh, and we, we had to work body parts and I had been training that long, so I didn't really know how to work body part that well. I think, you know, the story we want to get to here though, <laughs> that you seem to be ducking here, Warbeard. What's that? What happened in your first match before you, the match even started? Uh, uh, oh, when I, when I, when I got there before everybody else? No, no. In the ring with a certain prop. Oh, that was my first match. That wasn't your oh, first match. Oh, that wasn't your first match. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, guys. Wow. Oh, good, good, Michael, good, we were relying good, on Michael okay. Crockett, the fact. Good who's history. the fact checker of this show? You don't have a Sharpie? I got a. Who is the <laughs> fact checker? <laughs> I got to mark well, this, this off. But, great I story, did, but I did get into a. Now that I remember it, uh, I got there before everybody else did uh, with my girlfriend at the time, and we got into a car accident directly in front of the Knights of Columbus and Methuen. Like, really? like hours before everybody else got there. Yeah, it, it totaled the other person's car. Um. Well, then I'll skip right through this the my my first match story and uh, and go to the next one. But how, how, so the match went well enough. The that match you were went, able... went well enough. Uh, I, I guess it went. But they got a stay of execution. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, Ben Lentini got super excited about it because I was fat and the gimmick and and right. he's gonna come out to some really. Oh, you make fun of you because you're fat. E- e- oh, and, boy. Exactly. Hey, I got a soft spot for that. <laughs> and, but but it was fine. And the other thing was too is. Uh, I had just changed my name that promo that you saw to, to Todd Hanson. I didn't want to be Handsome Johnny anymore. That was just that was the joke gimmick uh, for when you know starting to be a professional wrestler. Um, so I was transitioning to Todd Hanson, and I when I saw the booking sheet, I was Handsome Johnny. So I, I didn't put up a stink, but I was like, hey, I'm trying to change my name to to Todd Hanson. Right. I, I, I don't want to be pigeon held in this character. And I mean, in retrospect, I should have stuck to my guns. Yeah, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah. not been handsome you Johnny got, for you got for it done ten about years. ten years later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Pant said, uh, you know, we, we're thinking about maybe putting you in a tag team with Brian Black, and you guys will be Black and Blue because I was handsome Johnny Blue. So I'm like, oh, they, in my head, I'm like, oh, they want me back. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. But uh, yeah, I ended up having a really good match or a good enough match that they they wanted to keep me and make fun of my obesity. <laughs> That's always a good time. It's always a good time. So, so there's a second match where that we're talking about the third, uh, fourth, fourth match. Wow, how come in my head it was your, your first? I thought it was the first match too. Yeah, yeah man, it, it was uh, 
And the match with Frankie Armadillo is the one where I went to Target right. b- before the event and I bought a full length mirror, uh, a huge full length mirror. Uh, and I was so proud of myself. And I remember being in the aisle and debating should I get the, the 699 one or should I get the 1299 one? Right. Obviously, I went with the 699 one. Anybody who knows you knows you went with the 699 <laughs> yes, one. Yes, the 699 one. And you probably made your girlfriend pay for it. <laughs> I, I may have. I may have. I don't I don't remember. So, uh, yeah, I was so excited. I got it. And then I had my entrance and came out and I carried it, you know, all the way around the ring. And I'm looking in it, looking at the fans, whatever. Um, and then I, I slid it gently into the ring. Uh, kind of like Jake Roberts throwing out a snake right into the ring and slid in the middle of the ring. Right. I got in and I was going to... Uh, pick the the mirror up and put it in the corner and do like a Lex Luger narcissist type stuff. I picked it up from the middle, this 699 full length mirror from target. And as soon as I grabbed it from the middle and started pulling up, it just shattered in my hands. <laughs> I may or may not have been sitting front row laughing. <laughs> it was quite flimsy. Yes, I was. I was uh, in the ring in the ring for this, and it was a fantastic moment. <laughs> and everyone, you, everyone just sold it perfectly. Just like you, were just no, like maybe my memory's fuzzy. Did you like cradle like the I did. like a baby I, I almost? Cradled, okay, yeah, like a baby. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I, I, we all sold it very, very well. But it sold it so well to the point that I, I didn't know it, but they already planned it. By the time I got back to the locker room, I now had a seven-year bad luck gimmick. <laughs> Which turns out, I mean, literally the luckiest break yeah. you've had, you had in your career up until that point yeah, was very the Super Mario so. breaking because... I was just a jobber. I was just there to be a jobber. And now uh, I have a, a character, um, a gimmick, and something that I can, I can play to. So I had like the box of lucky charms for a show I, I bought a horseshoe rabbit foot i had a rabbit foot around my neck like it was it was a lot of fun and i really didn't want to win after that i had such a good time like i had a good role i didn't want to win any matches eventually you did how long was it before you got that first win? i remember it was tooksbury right it, it was in tooksbury and i had just shaved my head um i mean i just wrestled <laughs> d'lo brown yes <laughs> where he cut my hair off for a different promotion um <laughs> Uh, so that was like May. So it had been June of 2003. So I don't. It might have been. It might have been close to a year. Yeah, probably, probably close to a year. I did that gimmick. Yeah, and it was, And who did you defeat? Uh, finally, it was uh, time for my first win, and it was uh, me and me and Aaron Stevens, who uh, better known as Damian Sandow, oh, so the former WWE superstar. Yes. Todd, did you want to? You dropped the name over there. I don't know if you wanted to pick that up. <laughs> Uh no I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it there. That's very nice of you. I'm I'm trying to beat out those people we rode to Vermont with that one time. See if I can get there. Still, yeah, we respect no, their an- anonymity. Uh, we try to keep this like an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. We don't you don't nearly have enough time to get there. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was it was me and Aaron Stevens. Aaron had just gotten signed, or he was about to get yeah. signed. Um, so he was finishing up with Chaotix. So me and Aaron had the smallest itty bittiest program in the history of professional wrestling. It was two shows. Uh, we wrestled that first match, and I got my first win. But like, even though you were you had a spot, you had a gimmick, you were you were going along, you had something to do. Management like uh, still wasn't really. Sold. I, I remember a time, and we're not we're not burying Kyoto. Uh, the guys that were involved in this are all yeah, long they're all gone. long gone at this right. point. But like, uh, I remember a time where you were 
Pants and Mucka wanted you to win the New England title at a, at a Cold Fury. Cold Fury is chaotic. We were going, yeah, show. we were going into Cold Fury three. Right. At the time, I mean, those people from Maine were doing that uh, like newsletter thing. Okay, yeah, you remember that? Uh, I, I don't want to say I was the most over guy on the roster, but I was pretty over uh, for that time. Would we agree? And for I mean, and, and there are going to be people listening to this, you know, that that aren't really familiar with Chaotic Wrestling. Chaotic Wrestling's promotion where for over 10 years you would say we ran in the same building yeah. every three weeks you know for a decade so this wasn't just like random spot indie shows these were like the same people we were performing in front of month after month after month so when todd's saying he's over like he really was because these people knew him were familiar with the stories so it wasn't just like spot indie shows I just want to you know put that out there yeah right so yeah i was i was I was kind of the most over guy or, or most popular somewhere in the, in that in the area and uh going to cold fury three were, were you gonna were you gonna cite the cold fury newsletter for the for their most popular rankings is yes. that what you're gonna do yep. okay yeah it was <laughs> but, but yeah that was coming out and they kept voting me as the the most popular yeah yeah i was yeah. all right okay. yes i was okay sorry to interrupt <laughs> to get to his own home for a <laughs> yeah. moment yeah i still have those saved in the, a bin at my house perfect yeah, most popular all right <laughs> <laughs> and um so yeah, going to the Colby. Arch Kincaid was the New England champion, mm-hmm. and we did like a little teeny program, and it was going to culminate in me winning the New England championship at Cold Fury. And uh, Pants already told me, and then I, I don't know if it was the day of or a day before, Pants emailed me in just a long uh, apologetic email saying, I'm sorry, uh, they won't let us put the title on you. you. They say you have to get in better shape, get new gear, uh, get a better tan, so on and so forth, so... I wasn't allowed to win the title, and this is a this is kind of the 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 song and dance for you for a long time. Just so you have to keep getting in better uh, shape. Nope, that's uh, not a long time. My entire career. <laughs> <laughs> but but I will say this now. So coming out of this, a lot of people take those type of situations and they become crybabies about it and they just play victim. I mean, going to uh, the thing here, the thing that I want, want I would love to hear you talk about because I don't know how many podcasts you've done or whatever, if you've ever even gone into these sorts of things for people to hear. But your stories of waking up obscenely early in the morning, taking multiple trains, begging people for rides. <laughs> as funny as it sounds, literally having no money, and we, we'd go out to eat, and and you're pinching pennies, and you're just to survive, you're having guys at Fuddruckers bring you vegetables to eat because you... But things like... But these, while well, they're kind of funny, but at the same time, it just goes... I, I want you to talk about the links that you went to from that moment being kind of a low, you know, the, hey, you're too fat to do this, and all the bullshit you kind of went through and did to get yourself to a point where, you know, and, and I think we're going to segue in here to Todd being the top guy in Chaotic. Right. And then getting on WWE's radar. So I, I would love to hear you talk about, you know, that, like what, the, 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 the road there. Yeah. So that's what I was told I had to do to become the New England champion. So that's what I decided I had to do. So, um, the person I went to was Arch Kincaid because Arch uh, was a personal trainer. But you were feuding at the time. How did how, what you, what you <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> so Arch, uh, Arch, like he he literally, uh, as long as I can make it to uh, Brighton, uh, where he did the uh, the training, I could go there and he he would train me for free in between clients. So he's the one who taught me how to work out. Um, and I don't remember how long I was there with him, but it was enough to. 
learn how to eat right, learn how to, you know, go to the gym and, and uh, be productive at the gym. Uh, and then all of a sudden I lost. And learn how to paint your body. Like, yes. like he did. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Just and, a and, dark and deep ma- tan. And make uh, utensils to shave your back. <laughs> uh, crazy arch. So uh, all of a sudden I end up losing my license. My car was all beat up. I couldn't afford to get a sticker. I kept getting pulled over because I didn't have a, a sticker that was valid. And I got so many tickets that it added up, and I lost my license. Wasn't this the car where you were sealed, the the roof was falling into the the? Uh, oh, I, I had three that all did that. Okay, all right. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that car. <laughs> I had three that all did that. Um, yeah. So at, at that point, I was work. I was I was living in Lynn, Mass. Uh, I was working at Undercover Wear in Tuxbury, and I had to wake up. I don't know. It was like 4.30 in the morning. I had to walk a mile to the train station, uh, take a train from Lynn to Boston, Boston to North Larica, and then hop on a bike that I had locked up there that uh, Max Bauer gave me, uh, Axel Keegan. Yes, former Mickey WWE Keegan. NXT Mickey, Mickey superstar. Keegan, thank you guys. Um, and I unlocked that, and I, I drive my bike for uh, – Four and a half miles to Gold's Gym, where I would shower. <laughs> you thought I was going straight to work, folks, didn't you? No. <laughs> and then I would I would take the bike to work, and then after work I would ride the bike to that Gold's Gym. I would do a workout, uh, ride the bike to the train station, uh, hop on that train, go to Boston, or, or on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Yeah, uh, I'll get there. <laughs> so yeah, I, I would go to. Uh, I didn't get to Boston. It'd be an hour like layover in Boston. I wouldn't get home. I'd be walking home at like ten thirty at night, uh, which was not safe in Lynn. Not safe <laughs> at all. And on Tuesdays and Thursdays, it was um, wrestling class uh, at the Cata Training Center. So usually Tommaso would usually it was Tommaso would pick me up um, at undercover wear. We'd go to Bally's uh, where he had a membership. And we'd sneak me in. I don't know how we did it for so long without getting in trouble. They eventually got caught us and <laughs> weren't allowed to. But we would go there. We'd do a workout. Me and Tommaso would do a workout. And then we'd do class. We'd get there early, uh, wrestle for however long we, we, we were there, go through Hollow's crazy workouts, and then <laughs> 500 squats. Um, and maybe go to the 99 afterwards and get home 11 o'clock at night and start the whole trip over again. But this is just for like a couple of weeks, right? <laughs> no, it was it was for over a year. It was, it, God, I, I don't know exactly how long, but it was definitely over a year because the license was suspended for at least a year. I, I, and the reason why you tell is because I, I think us being now now it's so funny that we've even Mike now, though he's on an extended hiatus from yes. the uh, from the wrestling business, but. I think me and you, Todd, being around locker rooms and stuff, we hear a lot of excuses about these guys who've been around for f- kind of a very short period of time, and the, and they don't understand like there's a there are guys like you who wanted this so goddamn bad that every day for over a year on four or five hours sleep. This is what you would go through just to go to work and be able to train at wrestling and get yourself in shape, and then work shows on the weekends and like yeah. So I think that's a good lesson for anybody listening who may want to be a wrestler or just like if you're somebody who's a fan of yours or watching you, you know, understand like what the hell this guy did to get just to get to the point where you can perform, yeah, you know, on a national and international scale right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's just uh, it, y- your story is kind of one of uh, like roadblocks and setbacks and just uh, persevering. So let's go to a time where you were able to get past one of those roadblocks and 
become the chaotic wrestling heavyweight champion not of the world <laughs> I, I, adult would be very upset if i talked about that. It, it was funny because uh we had a nickname for me back then it was it was homeless johnny <laughs> it sure was we're kind of dickheads it's right it was it was with love yes. um because I, I would, I was doing all the walking and traveling, and I was never home, and it was trying to get from point A to point B, and I had my fanny pack with change in it that I'd buy food with, um, <laughs> filled filled with always cor- plenty of gum though, <laughs> yes, <laughs> trident gum. Um, in my my silver bag, I called it my bag of life because I had to have it on me at all times, a giant duffel bag that it carried everywhere, and um. I was the counter wrestling heavyweight champion, but if any of these fans in Lowell just looked out their window, they'd probably see me walking down the street. <laughs> <laughs> or if they went North- to North Station in Boston. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a nice homeless boy. Yeah, I, just, I, 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 I used to sleep on the ground at North Station. I used to give you shit. I was like, you should just put a cup out while <laughs> I, you sleep and I, make some money. I should have. So, so how did you get to the point where, I mean, we talked about management kind of sour on you, like getting a title. How did it get to the point where you won the chaotic title? Uh, well, first off, a couple that like Ben Lentini was gone at this point. Okay. So I didn't have to worry about that anymore. But I also had uh, done uh, so much, I don't know, growth, I guess, uh, with. Uh, Personal growth, not HGH. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Uh, yeah, I got in such uh, so much better shape. I, I had a complete body transformation in comparison to the way that I did look. Um, the new gear, the the tan. Uh, you, you shaved your face clean. Yeah, it, you were handsome. I I, I was. I had finally transformed <laughs> to actually uh, appear like my gimmick. Yes, I was. I was a handsome young man. Um, and I don't know. I just I feel like uh, I proved uh, that I I earned the opportunity to be the heavyweight champion. And, and I remember I remember a class sometimes because I know you were trying to cut weight, and I, I don't quite remember the whole time period. But I literally remember Mike Hollow yelling at you, 250, 250, 250 as we're like running ropes or doing squats to like <laughs> try to motivate you to get your weight because I think WWE gave you like that hard number, did they not? When they when you were doing darks, uh, six two two forty. Yeah. So, so I, I just remember I just remember those kind of hollow, you hitting the ropes and hollow just like yeah two fifty. I mean, it, which was it was motivating you. Yeah, I'm not, that's not like me. I'm not criticizing Mike. That he was yeah, that yeah, was no. Mike trying to pull the best out of you. Right. Well, we'll get to the WWE stuff in just a second, but I remember it was a, a, a pretty big moment for you and for Pants and Mucko after after you won that title. Just it, it kind of felt just like uh, the culmination of something that you yeah, worked yeah, towards I actually for a long got, time. Got goosebumps. However. <laughs> weird that is but yeah it, yeah. it was because uh right at the beginning we were we, we were shit on right at the beginning as right no i'm i'm nobody i shouldn't be here and it took i don't know two three four years i don't know how long it took but it took a while but finally winning the title it, it meant so much because we had we together had overcome so much and and uh it <laughs> <laughs> I think we we posted that picture and said this is this yes, is for Ben. Yes. <laughs> yep, you did. <laughs> yeah, just we were told no, and and I didn't give up, and they didn't give up their faith in me, and then uh, to finally get the the heavyweight title, it, it meant so much more than I, I thought it would mean. And, right, and I, I knew it was going to mean something to me because it was the first thing I earned, but I didn't like I I really earned that. Yeah, and people say titles are props and they're meaningless, but I mean. Something like that after everything you'd been through, it's right. This is not like just your run of the mill. Like, you know, there are guys that come into wrestling schools who are just they walk in, they they look great, they get trained, and then every promotion they go go to, put a belt on them, and da 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 da. da. And this is a guy who 
the owners of the time of the company literally shit on your life and rather than crumbling you use it as motivation and busted your ass harder than almost anybody probably harder than anybody I've ever I've ever come across and, and know their personal story uh, I mean this is your story is very similar to me to the from Mick Foley's book him talking about sleeping in his car and was he eating potatoes or something like but like yeah. but like it's that type of story yeah. where I like a lot of these guys, you know, not there's not a lot of guys that have that sort of story anymore that persevere through that. So and you have the similar backyard videos as well. To, uh, <laughs> to that, that I do. <laughs> so yeah, we talk about WWE around this time. Maybe it would have been a little bit before, but you started getting opportunities to go to WWE. Um, what did, Mike? What come your... on, that was last episode, man. Oh yeah, sorry, <laughs> episode or oh, two episodes ago. Episode six. I'm yeah. just kidding. That was our experiences. Um, so. What are your best memories about being backstage WWE? Oh Jesus! <laughs> I, oh. <laughs> this could be a, a two-part episode just on this stuff. We did talk about two episodes ago because I mean, I'm sure you. I, I'm, sure, I was, I'm sure. I'm sure Todd listened. Oh, he so, did. He well, did. Oh, I, I did not listen. I will throw that what? out there. But Fat Pants did, and he told me all about it this weekend. And you guys discussed the Goldberg spot. Yes. <laughs> yes, and we Pants did. Pants was all upset because you guys didn't mention him. He was he was security. See, I wasn't part of that. Him, spot. Oh, he walked. He walked. H- him and Tony to Omega the... were security, and then we were all sitting in, as fans. The fact checker of this show is going to be fired. <laughs> yes. And and he was uh, a little upset because you guys did not mention uh, my Goldberg T-shirt story. Oh, uh, the that, yeah. I, I thought about that. I didn't get into it though. Because because yeah. I was given a T-shirt, a, a gold. Because I was the one front and center. Uh, so I was given the Goldberg T-shirt. Right. It was a brand new Goldberg T-shirt. So they wanted to sell it, obviously. So I had to have it on there. And uh, Goldberg saw me in the back wearing the shirt, and he asked me if I liked it. I said no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard this story. It was in catering. Yes, it was yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in catering. And Goldberg asked me if I liked the shirt. <laughs> and I remember pausing in my head for a second like, what do I say? Because I did not like the shirt. They had this weird, like his tattoo symbol was like. But there was this hole in the middle of it for some strange reason. I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was really. But it, but it was up by the throat in the front. Right. And then his symbol. I didn't. I, that should have been on the back. Oh, whatever. I'm. I'm. I'm still critiquing. I still hate the shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I just. I just said no. I don't like it. And he was like. Like shocked that I actually said no, and he actually asked me what I didn't like about it. And I told him, but well, I'm surprised he didn't spear me right there. <laughs> that that was your first time. That was my first time. Yeah. Okay. And but I showed up in jean shorts. You did show up in jean shorts. I okay. Did. Yeah, we did talk about I, that. I, 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 I did. <laughs> At least you weren't wearing an HBK shirt. We like may have, <laughs> may, we may have alluded to the homeless Johnny persona. <laughs> yes, that that's, episode. That's good. Uh, there are a lot of fond memories of going to TV. Um, and uh, we also talked about Tim White killing himself too. Yeah, that was what they, <laughs> that wasn't a highlight. Come and, on, what are you talking about? That was a great night because oh, the, the action of the people around us was a highlight. The, 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 the big show was amazing. <laughs> you, you walked away. <laughs> that was the same night that uh, Hooventude got himself pretty much fired. Yeah, we t- we did get into this yeah. as well, and then I named my cat after him. <laughs> but okay, let's talk about the you had a dark match. Okay, yeah. Uh, so dark match at the Fleet Center. Um, I'm pretty sure that was 2005. Now, we're, uh, you we're... you actually gave me the ticket because you guys went right. I I, I was there. You yeah, were you were in there. the crowd. You gave me the. T- I still have the ticket. Oh, really? Okay. You, you gave me the ticket. Um, yes, yeah, so I wrestled Brian Black, and that 
Now, the the North Station is right next to the Fleet Center. Were you earlier in the day kind of just hanging out there and then you just got into the taking, show? Taking a nap? Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish. I don't remember. I went to that show with Luis Ortiz, I think. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure Louis drove me because Louis was living in Lynn at the time. Right. Pretty, pretty sure. I got a ride. So. Oh, there you go. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah, you and the dark match. Yeah. So, uh, Brian Black just got signed. Uh, those of you probably don't even remember him, but he was Palmer Cannon, uh, PC on SmackDown. But uh, he had just gotten signed, and he got to pick his opponent that night. The, the Really, the theme for me getting opportunities to WWE is, is people who knew me gave him the <laughs> opportunities because everybody who saw me wanted nothing to do with me in WWE. Right. It's, it's, with anything else, it's who you know. So, uh, yeah, Brian Brian picked me, and we uh, we had a, the dark match, the first match of the show. And I remember uh, Malenko was our agent, Malenko. Um, he said, uh, you know, don't be nervous. Don't be worried. Um, literally we're just, we're just checking, uh, you know, see how the cameras work and, and stuff like that. So, um, not to be concerned or anything, but it, I wasn't, I don't remember being that nervous, but when we were behind, uh, we were in the gorilla position mm-hmm. behind the Titan Tron, the lonely road of faith music video played. <laughs> Kid Very Rock. famous. Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, that was an awesome video. And to be like backstage girl position and to have that play and, and to realize I'm walking down the aisle to wrestle in the ring that, you know, all these people wrestling in, it was that gave me, gave me chills again. Now it was such a really cool, awesome, amazing experience. And then um, I won. Oh. Which was even cooler. All right. And I am still undefeated in. WWE and pinfall matches, just in case you're curious. Oh, look at that, huh? Pinfall matches. So you've submitted 12 to 13 times? Uh, yeah, twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did Turkai, did he make you tap? Yeah, Turkai and uh, Doug Basher made me tap. And they made you bleed too, uh, Turkai, right? No. I think I was there for both of those matches, Doug Basher and Turkai. Ar- no, uh, before the show, uh, Arn busted me open when he was showing... <laughs> He was showing Turkai uh, how to be a bully uh, <laughs> while, while he wrestled. <laughs> I remember like, he's getting me down and he's showing him, oh, you can just knee him in the shoulder, knee him in the shoulder, knee him in the shoulder. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, he's kneeing me in the shoulder as hard as he can. He goes, and he, and he goes to Turkai, but you got that big knee pad on, so it's not going to hurt him at all. Well, Harn didn't have a knee pad on. He just slammed his knee to me. And he did like a, he was just showing him how to, how to do things. And he wasn't telling me what he was doing. He was just doing it to me. Right. And he did like a float over and like mashed my face in the mat and busted my nose open. That was before before the event took place. Yes. And they had to change the canvas, I'm sure, right? Uh, no, because they have a practice canvas. Oh, okay. So it was okay. And then that was actually when I hurt my shoulder too, initially. Uh, badly hurt my shoulder. Really? Uh, yeah, because Turkai is very, very strong. You should have threatened to sue them unless they gave you another opportunity. <laughs> I, I wasn't that smart. I wasn't that Never smart. heard that before. It's a completely original idea. <laughs> so the shoulder injury, was that, was that the first uh, kind of major injury you dealt with? Uh, no. Oh. Well, well, actually, no, the shoulder injury was the first because it bothered me for a long time. It was uh, <sighs> Dory Funk's dojo. He you know give me forms into the into my shoulder a million times it, it gave me a I forgot about shoulder. this Dory Tory Funk uh, doing a number on you yeah <laughs> yeah that's right because I body slammed him and he was like 80 at the time he's like 102 now <laughs> um yeah so, so he 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 started warming it up when I wrestled uh Turkai going over things uh he did some shoot move to me landed on my shoulder uh so I it kept hurting my shoulder I had like bursitis and it had uh injections in it at a couple times 
Um, so that was bad, but I was able to work through it. The really bad thing uh, for me, the first one was the fractured spine. Right. So, uh, and I worked with that for like three, three and a half years. And I remember you thought it, you thought you would have terrible hip pain. I, I remember like because we were riding a lot together. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that you were living next to me at the time, or but we spent a lot of time together. Yeah. And you were always complaining. You thought it was your hip. You thought your hip was out. You thought your hip was out. Yeah. And then finally, you went to the doctors. Yeah. Well, actually, I went to the doctor originally and just described my pain in primary care. And he's like, "Oh, well, it's probably your hip because of what you do." Probably an issue with the cartilage. You just have to stretch and whatever. So I'm like, okay. And I just kept going and going and going. And that was very harmful to me too because uh, I had gotten in that good shape. Um, and then as that injury uh, progressed over those years, I got in worse and worse shape because, you know, at, when it, at the end, before I went to the doctors the, the last time, the, I went right to the orthopedic, um, I couldn't walk down an aisle at the grocery store without the stop and take a break because the pain was so bad. So Doing the old Terry Funk walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. as people uh, describe it now as the cactus walk. Mm. <laughs> <That's> sad. <laughs> the, the cactus walk on road yeah. trips. Um, yeah, so it, it got that bad. And I thought it was my hip that whole time. And then when I got to the orthopedic and I explained what my pain was, he told me before he even x-rayed me that it was my back, it was my spine, it wasn't my my hip. And I my mind was blown. And we did an x-ray and it showed uh, a fracture on the left side and that was it. And then I did the MRI and I have a fracture on the left, a uh, bigger fracture on the left and a smaller fracture on the right. Uh, so, and I remember the doctor telling me this and he was literally shaking because he realized that he was telling me, who's enormous, and he's a really small guy, <laughs> that, that I could no longer wrestle again. <laughs> he was terrified to tell me that. Because um, yeah, they told you, like, that's, you're done. Yeah. Like, it, he told me I was done. Um, I, had, I had to go get, like, injections and stuff uh, to, to help bring down the, the inflammation inside, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to wrestle again. That's, that's what he told me. Um, so he said that, and I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to take a year off from wrestling and see if I can fix this somehow. And that was my plan. So I think it was, I don't remember which Cole Fury it was. I think it was 2008, maybe, 2009. You're talking about like when you came back? No, when I was. Or the one you missed? Uh, the one I missed. Wow. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. Uh, I was the Duke. I we was the, our, we where's our, fa- fact fa- where's our fact checker? We, had a, we have a fact checker that's kind of hanging around. So the last match for Chaotic was uh, the tables match in Lawrence where it was me and uh, my Duchess against. Why would a handsome guy have a Duchess? It was, it was D- D- Duke of Elegance. <laughs> oh. Duke of Elegance. And uh, Duchess Damon. And we wrestled uh, Tommaso and Max in tables match. Remember that? Crockett? I do remember that. That was right after Cold Fury. I think it was like the show it after. It was show Cold after. Fury. And then I was out until the next Cold Fury when I feuded with Biff. Um, oh. So I took that time off. I want to say it was nine, Cold Fury nine that you missed. So this year is, so we're talking like, yeah, like 2010, 2009, okay. 2010-ish. 2009, 2010. It sounds right. Somewhere in there. Um, yeah. So I did all my injections, which were crazy because uh, you had to lay on a, uh, like an operating table. And they x-ray you, and they have this giant needle, and they got to stick it into you, but they have to have it x-rayed so they don't, they don't touch anything that's going to paralyze you. Right. That was kind of scary. So I had 
I think four injections and then physical therapy. And when I, the way I left it with the, the spine specialist was he told me it was up to me. I could, I probably shouldn't wrestle anymore, but uh, not that I couldn't, I probably shouldn't. And it was up to me whether I would go back to wrestling or not. So obviously I chose to come back to wrestling. But when I came back to wrestling, I quickly learned, because I went to the school obviously first for a while, I learned that a lot of the things that I did, uh, my offense was what aggravated my back. And it was all things where I landed on my ass. Mm-hmm. So I had to really change the way I wrestled in general. Uh, I did a lot of bulldogs, a lot of leg drops at the top, a lot of regular leg drops, uh, sit down, spine busters, sit down. Power sit, bomb, pretty yeah. Much, yeah, everything I did was a sit down something. So I had to like just edit most of that. And now I barely, now I barely do anything where I have to sit down because I know that will aggravate my, my spine. So yeah, it was like a learning experience to come back, but I came back. And folks, I hate to cut the interview off there, but Todd has so much to say. And we're only like halfway through this story, Brian. Yeah. I mean, yeah, good stuff. Normally we try to keep this podcast around an hour. Uh, we, while we were interviewing Todd, we didn't want to cut it off. We didn't want, we wanted to just let him keep going, but for the interest of time's sake, uh, you know, we don't want, we don't want to put some of these, some of these podcasts out there have two, three, four hours. We just want to take an hour of your time each week. Uh, so we will be coming back next week with part two of the, uh, I'll call it the definitive Warbeard Hanson interview. <laughs> I think so. I think so. And we, yeah, we're going to get into uh, coming back and reinventing himself completely. We're going to talk about him getting a shot at the Ring of Honor. We're going to talk about the week he spent in Orlando, a tryout for WWE in, in, uh, at the Performance Center, the very first tryout at the Performance Center. We're going to talk about uh, his singles run in Ring of Honor, uh, his match with AJ Styles, getting the tag team titles, going to Japan, so much more with Warbeard Hanson. We're just getting started with this interview. And to me, that's like that's like the payoff of all this because you listen to all, everything that that you know Todd or Warbeard Hanson has has been through, uh, you know, in his career, all the trials and tribulations, and and uh, you know everything he persevered through. Now back with us next week and you're going to hear uh you know exactly what it's like to wor- be where he's at right now which is a pretty damn good spot in this business yes indeed okay now we don't want to leave you we, we want to save a little time at the end here for the promo about nothing the ever the ever so popular promo about nothing yeah big woody loves it so we can't go without Right. That's right. Big Woody's the boss. He's the power broker of Atlantic Pro Wrestling. That's what I hear. Okay, so the promo about nothing. This one, it's not necessarily botched per se, Brian, but when we talk about a promo about nothing, this is probably a promo literally about nothing. It's for a match at the Boston Garden with Ivan Putsky, but he doesn't really even discuss Ivan Putsky to like the last 20 seconds. So he, he... just goes off in this uh, very strange tangent, and uh, he's got a mean Gene Oakland along for the ride. So let's take a listen to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff interviewing with mean Gene Oakland uh, probably around 1985-86, a match he was going to have upcoming at the Boston Garden with Ivan Putsky. This is Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff with mean Gene Oakland. All right, fans, coming up a week from tonight here at Boston at the Garden. Saturday night, February 2, World Wrestling Federation action. That is simply unbelievable. In a return bout, Texas Tornado Tag Team Match, Big John Stud, Ken Patera to meet 
Junkyard Dog and his partner, Andre the Giant. By the way, Bobby the Brain Heenan will be there. The ladies' champion, Wendy Richter, to be challenged by Judy Martin. In addition, Barry Wyndham from Sweetwater, Texas, just a little west of Abilene. Get ready, Wyndham, to go against Russian Nikolai Volkov. Mike Rotundo, all that great car to meet the Iron Sheik. And Polish power, Ivan Putsky. We'll have to deal with the likes of my guest at this time, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orner. If you look a little down in the mouth this week, any reason for that, Paul? Yeah, there's a reason for it. You know that it's gotten to the point when you know every time that I look at the cameras that another woman leaves her husband for Mr. Wonderful. I've heard. Well, you know something? I'm losing sleep about that. And I, I can't help you mean, that. You don't, you don't want to do it. Listen, you, you know, can't help with the way you look. Exactly. I know I'm not Mr. Wonderful. You know I'm Mr. Wonderful. Not so Mr. who are we to all those millions of people out there know that I'm Mr. Wonderful? What do our opinions millions out there that say you are Mr. Wonderful. You're right. Exactly right. And you know something, Gene, just to, to bring up some things that's happened to me lately. I was flying from L.A. to New York. I reserved my own first class section. The whole section? Exactly. I have my own busboys. I have my own waitresses waiting on me. I want to be left alone. And Lord and behold, who comes up and bothers me? Who else? The captain of the airplane. What to know Mr. Wonderful. Is it okay to take off now? Oh, come on. Hey, the captain's trying to get your permission. That's right. What do you do on that day? Captain, hey, you call the control tower. They tell you when to take off. Get the cards from them. Exactly. Don't Why come bother you? You know, and this stuff happens on and on and on. I can't even go to an airport. I can't even leave my motel because all the limousines are out there, traffic jams, fighting over to see who's going to take Mr. Wonderful to wherever he's going. You've got no private life at all. No. It's got to be a nightmare for it's you. It's terrible. It's terrible. Sure. And, and, even in, and even in the Boston Gardens, look at all the legends that's passed through there. Bobby Orr, Larry Bird. Those are really legends. Oh, I but the it. legends above legends is Mr. Wonderful right here. Right here he stands. You're putting yourself in the same right category with... I'm putting with myself the, with the, above him. With the, with the koozies. That's it. With the Collins. And you know why. Do you know why? I'm going to show you the body that women love and the men love to fear. It's just that simple. Take a look at that. How's that look, huh? You don't think there's You're a asking man me? out there? Look at it. I know. Hey, it don't take much for you to please you. But you know something, Ivan Putsky, turtle head? You know what a turtle does? You know when you see the turtle with that big old long head and, and then he does something and it goes in? Well, that's exactly what Putsky's going to do. Exactly. It's going to go inside that shell, and you'll disappear. You'll never see it again. I'll wait for the night, Pesky. We'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like I said, not necessarily a, a like botched promo or a terrible promo, just a, a long, meandering tale that... Uh... If you look at it, you watch this thing, too. I mean, uh, I, I, would get, I would venture to guess that this was probably done early in the day or morning, perhaps. Yeah. Because uh, Mr. Wonderful looking a little disheveled, hair not as perfect <laughs> as you would normally think, and bags around, or you know, dark spots around his eyes and bags under his eyes, still wearing his wedding band. Uh, looks like maybe he just walked into the arena, and, uh, um, you know, back in those days, they would rip off all these local 
uh, promos to show in all the local markets. So these guys would be doing take after take after take after take for all the local shows they were doing. Well, not take after take of each promo, but right. one, yeah, the one and done. So this like Gene Oakland, Philadelphia, just, right? Gene Oakland is just cracking up, and and then it's like, okay, that's that's done. There's no retakes for any of these right. things. Right, that would never that would never be aired today with somebody cracking up at the end like like Oakland and Orndorff did uh, as well. But uh, yeah, what the hell was he talking about? <laughs> the turtle goes in and out, right? <laughs> it, it certainly does. <laughs> talking about turtle heads, huh? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And as always, this the link to this promo will be on the description of the podcast. So every week we'll have the uh, link so you can take a look and uh, see the actual video footage. So uh, make sure you do that. That is the promo about nothing this week on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Okay, so uh, Brian, you know what time it is, right? I know what time it is. It's nothing happenings. You are crisscrossing this great nation of ours, hitting the highways and byways, plying your trade as a professional wrestler and kingpin. You got dates? I got dates, Mike. Right. I got Here dates. Go. Adding them left and right, man. Here we so go. So this week coming up, Friday night. 7 p.m. bell time. This Friday night. This Friday night. UFO Wrestling. I am the UFO Heavyweight Champion, Michael. I didn't know if you were aware of that. I'm not sure that I was, actually. Uh, You should have been. That's that's insulting. (laughs) You didn't wear it today. You didn't wear it. uh, Where is it? Where's the belt? I'm not bringing the belt here. What am I, Scarecrow from Chaotic Fame? Oh, how dare you. Wearing my belt uh, to to the Boston Gardens? He may have worn his belt to a a (laughs) live wrestling show as... As a fan, but he he was a wrestler. Got to show off the goods, man. Yes, but I will be. Yeah, this Friday night in Tuc- in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. You know, right down the uh, right down the road from where we record the wrestling podcast about nothing. Yes, most weeks. And uh, for UFO Boston, it's a, it's a great uh, charity show for Children's Hospital. Uh, so you know, please come out check that out. I will be in the main event in a uh, in a no rules match against Aaron Amadeus. Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you may see this clown tagging me and all sorts of uh, social media posts and whatnot. And uh, I may or may not have gotten pretty crabby at one. Uh, okay. You know. To Today and uh, I've had enough. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna slap the piss out of him whoa, Friday whoa, night. Whoa. So oh my goodness, uh, yeah. So come out and check check that out. It is a great cause though. Uh, so please come out support this great cause. See some great wrestling action. Uh, I don't think I recommend uh, getting piss involved in the benefit show. <laughs> well, I'll try not okay. to. I'll right. try not to. The next day, top rope promotions in yes. uh, in New Bedford. Uh, this is a special afternoon show. Check out their their Facebook page, Top Row Promotions, uh, for for time and details. I'll be I'll be wrestling Craig Costa, who is uh, who He's is a, a physically impressive man. But I've seen a, I've seen yes, not as impressive as the Kingpin though, unfortunately for him. So uh, you know I do have uh, lots of good things going on in Top Row Promotions because I'm back there in the world famous PAL Hall on June the twenty fourth. We just uh, talked about that in the uh, interview with Hanson that. that that's where I met the that's right. So uh, that, that, that's uh, Friday night at the PAL Hall in Fall River. A special $1,000 body slam challenge. That's right, Mike. <laughs> Nobody in Top Row Promotions has been able to body slam the kingpin so far. $1,000. $1,000 on the line. Somebody what? can body slam me. They'll go home with 1000 bucks. Also on this show. Wait, you got 1000 bucks? Why don't you put that towards the podcast? <laughs> what? Come on. I thought it was a better spin for... Uh, 
putting it up for the body slam challenge. Well, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to see <laughs> at our top row promotions. Also, also on this show is former WWE superstar Hornswoggle, now uh, now going by Swoggle. Uh, so again, check out Top Row Promotions on Facebook. Uh, I did miss. I'm sorry. The the night before that, uh, June the 23rd, I will be making not. I will not be wrestling, but I will be making an appearance for Atlantic Pro Wrestling at Lucky's Pizza and Roast Beef in Haverhill, Mass. There oh. may or may not be a pizza eating contest that I will be participating in. Oh my goodness! How about that? Huh? As long as the Playboy doesn't show up, I think you might have it. Well, if the Playboy shows up, I'm I'm all done. Unless he's <laughs> on my side. But uh, yeah, so come out to uh, you know come out to Lucky's Pizza and Roast Beef in Haverhill. Uh, that's at 251 Primrose Street in Haverhill. Come check it out. Spend some time. Meet some of the stars of Atlantic Pro Wrestling. My old stomping um, grounds. Haverhill there you Mass. go. Uh, also, uh, that same weekend, 626, I will be in Somerville for Beyond Wrestling. Uh, on this show is Tommaso Ciampa, Chris Hero, Donovan Dijak, Chris Dickinson, all a uh, bunch of great, great stars in professional wrestling. Uh, so come check that out. Find Beyond Wrestling uh, on... Uh, Facebook yeah, and on Twitter. Facebook and Twitter, yeah. I believe their website is lookmanofans.com. Yes. Uh, so for ticket information, last I heard, there was like maybe less than 50 tickets remaining to this thing. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this podcast, you might want to go right online right now and order your Beyond, uh, your Beyond Wrestling tickets. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, Mike. That's that's it right now. You know, we'll just give we we'll just give the June dates. Maybe next week I'll start giving the July dates and maybe oh. August dates. I got lots of stuff going on, Mike. I'm exploding. I'm out there, baby, and I'm loving every minute of it. <laughs> if I mean, if you weren't already looking forward to part two of the Hanson podcast, now stay tuned for the July dates of the Kingpin. We're assuming people are still listening after after the end <laughs> of the Warbeard Dance in uh, part one. All right. Well. In that case, let's just get out of here then. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us. Uh, we just registered at the WPAN on Twitter. At the WPAN. The Wrestling Podcast is about nothing. Official Twitter. Go follow us there. Also follow at BDA underscore radio. And me, I'm at CrocSox. That's S-O-X. And Brian Malonis, at Brian Malonis. Use the hashtag PDA for BDA as our friends did earlier on and get a shout out for an upcoming show. And for all your MMA and wrestling talk, check out BDARadio.com. Okay, Kingpin, that's it for this week, Episode 8. We'll see you next time for Part 2 of the Hanson interview. For the Kingpin, Brian Malonis, I am Mike Crockett, and thanks for nothing. Mm-hmm.